Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Memorial Day is specially to honor those who laid down their lives for this, for the great cause. And it certainly was just an amazing opportunity and we always want to salute them. Um, we've had a chance in emergency situations. We have had calls from hospitals here and, I mean, in the U.S. and overseas of our severely wounded men and women in the armed forces, veterans. And uh, so we have felt very over the years. And some of the, even the little kids that we have dedicated, some in this church, who have been serving in the armed forces. Did you have? Um, so, we, it says in Joshua, I refer to this, in Joshua chapter 4, it says, And it came to pass when all the people had come, completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua. So the Lord is involved in this whole thing, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe. Command them, saying, so it's a command. Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you. Leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them, that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for you a memorial to the children of Israel for, forever. Say memorial. memorial. So the reason is that God knows our strengths and our weaknesses, and part of our weaknesses that we are a forgetful people. And even weeks or months after certain major events that are earth-shaking, uh, like the 9-11 incident. How many of you remember the 9-11? You were alive. And uh, we, we went over that, but I wanted to find out again. Raise your hand so I can. But uh, Michael Hoover, where were you when that happened? Wow. And did they put, make you land immediately? Okay. Some of, the, some of the airplanes were instructed to immediately land wherever they were, right? And uh, what, do you remember, Ban, what was happening 9-11 for you? Absolutely. I remember, like so many of us, um, and... Uh, at that time, uh, some of our extended family and um, non-local all-nations church members living in New York City and working, specifically there were a number of them that actually worked in the towers. And uniquely, there were a couple of incidents where their appointments to be in the tower that day were disrupted by unusual circumstances. So it, it, was a, it was a time, you know, for all of us, something very unexpected. I remember that um, that weekend, uh, I had been ministering out in um, Seattle. And on Friday evening, I had a very unusual spiritual experience um, in which when after I finished ministering and I went into my hotel room, when I closed the door... It was as though the entire building fell in on me. And I was physically knocked to the ground and felt like I was under the 
crushing weight of tons of cement and whatever. And the, it was a very real um, physical sensation. And I thought, maybe I'm having a heart attack in something I, I, I had no idea. And I kept seeing in front of me, the, the old um, phone books used to have 911 on the back really big in terms of emergency. And I thought to myself, if I can just crawl from the door um, to the phone, you know, I can, I can, I can get help. And at that moment, I, 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 I didn't know if I was hallucinating or what, but um, I could see red emergency lights flashing all around me and all of that sort of thing. Well, our kids, the, the youth group, happened to be on a retreat that weekend. And they had rented these big vans, and they had gone down to the beach in South Carolina. And to make a long story short, after that event, by the time I got to the phone, I realized I was fine. And then I thought that was some kind of a warning from the Lord about our children on this road trip in these big vans. And so we put out the word for everybody to be praying for our kids. And bizarrely enough, they miraculously escaped a horrible mini vehicle wreck on Sunday night as they were returning from that retreat. And so I really thought the whole 911 thing and that moment that I had had was, you know, intercession for our kids to have been saved. And then, of course, when uh, we got the call around 8.30 in the morning to go and turn on the television and saw the second plane um, attack the Twin Towers, we were at home. And um, I've, I realized that in an unusual way, the Lord literally has us as living members of himself. And there is a place, a very real place, where we enter into suffering, we enter into uh, events, even possibly in advance, prophetically. Intercession for Christians, we are literal points of contact in the church in particular, corporately, the, the epicenter of Jesus' feet on earth. And so our prayers are very important, and we welcome always the prophetic power and intercession of the Lord. This particular uh, painting of Lady Liberty is one of the authentic um, memorials to the 9-11 uh, uh, attack. And um, we we should always remember the thing about the memorial stones they're used two or three times in scripture in very significant moments the crossing uh, from bondage and not being a people into the land of promises and being a people and god's uh, sort of culminating miraculous uh, sign of deliverance in the parting of the Jordan, but the planting of those stones, stone is something that is theoretically unchanging. It's something that's absolutely solid. In other words, a foundation. And those memorial stones uh, appear, or the, the thing about 12 stones appear more than once in scripture. They appear when Elijah restored the altar of God in his great battle against the prophets of Baal in 1 Kings 18. So they're very significant. And in that event, it was looking forward to the foundation stones of the eternal city. And we see that in John's revelation where the, the 12 foundations are named after the apostles. And so the whole thing of memorials, of remembering, of telling the histories, our stories to our children, and most specifically instructing them in the word of God, in the ways of the Lord, and reminding and teaching to our children to teach to their children, to their children, the things that God has done and that he has laid down. And the idea of memorial is honor. It's something that we, we could otherwise call the fear of the Lord. And it, that is something that is obviously missing in our day and people are without compass so you are very important you're crucial you're critical 
critical, not just to your family and to your own call in God, but literally as a repository of the revelation and truth and present person of the Lord in our generation. Not only to be a testimony living, but to actually be a part of helping to form a next generation. And there are a number of things that we always need to remember and remind one another of. And in the days that we live in, we want to have a restoration of honor. We want to, as Michael said, um, it's fitting. The scripture says, give honor where honor is due. And it's something more than lip service. It's actually a kind of moral impact that helps a soul to form. It helps compass to be set in people's lives. And it's very important for our children. Um, in uh, Psalm 138, it says, You have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. It's a revelation of honoring the Bible and how that significantly imparts something to us at a very foundational level so that when everything is shaking, everything that can be shaken needs to be shaken, we are unshakable. And a couple of the other things as we were, you know, putting that little memorial together, we were recalling a couple of times when together with our youth group, we did some things about the things that we must always remember to honor. And, of course, the Bible was one of them. But another one was to honor liberty. And we know that Galatians 5 says, stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And that liberty is unique. And it, it, it is an, uh, a foundation and also a living river that enables Christians, even in times of difficulty and restriction, to walk in joy and freedom because we have a revelation of the Lord. And it says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And there is genuinely a liberty in that. When you have the freedom because of what Jesus has done to love others, even your enemies, there is a tremendous freedom in that. And then one of the other ones that we, we chose because of scripture is to honor the forefathers, the ones who have gone before us in the faith and in a nation the, those who have gone before us for truth and valor, and particularly who have made the ultimate um, sacrifice. In Genesis 18, the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Since Abraham shall, sh shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth, the existence of every nation, literally stems from the revelation of God cutting a covenant with a man that he chose because the man believed God. And God said, I know this, he will command his children after him. To do what? To know and believe, to honor and fear the Lord. So national existence actually has a precious root in this ancient covenant that God cut with Abraham. And of course, as Christians, we know that through Abraham, we have our Savior. Um, so today is about remembering. It's about honoring. And um, in the watch on Friday, we mentioned just a couple of things of our forefathers, particularly of Abraham Lincoln's great Gettysburg speech the whole period of the Civil War, it's something that has come, it, it comes up a lot in social and political discussions now, but a different light has been cast on it, and in fact, there have been a lot of the truths and real histories that have been pushed out of the way or flatly denied, and our history is being pasted over with invented histories. And I think that it's really important that we remain strong and clear in our foundations. You remember in the Gettysburg Address, 
when um, Lincoln said in 1863, we are engaged in a great civil war. We can learn from our own national history where God gave our nation grace in times of tremendous strife and confusion. And our civil war is one of those times. And so it's really important that in today's language, into this hour, that our national history be told in truth and remembered well. Um, he said, as they were, you know, they were on those killing fields, basically, and he said, we have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that the nation might live. A nation conceived and dedicated, conceived and dedicated, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. And so with all of the wrangling about equality and various other things that frankly have become twisted and imbalanced now, the reality is America came into being with a vision towards certain things. And we can only hit the mark if the compass is set from the beginning in truth. If it's skewed a little, the farther out we go in every generation that goes, the farther off the mark of the original call our nation will be so anyway he said it can um, what we the world will little note nor long remember what we say here but it can never forget what they did here and that is Memorial Day we're remembering again those who gave the ultimate sacrifice and all of the families for it was indeed a family effort it is for us the living to be dedicated to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so, high, so nobly advanced. And he says, it is for us to be dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. And then he said, we highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, and that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. Truer words describing the hour that this nation is in could not be spoken. So it is very important that we remember and like all of you, there are so many things that we've never learned, beautiful pieces of our history. I didn't know until this year that one of the first Memorial Day celebrations occurred in Charleston, South Carolina, where mainly led by African Americans, 10,000 people gathered, and a, a great cadre of um, African-American men had gone to what was, uh, had been during the Civil War, a prisoner of war camp in Charleston. And they literally reinterred 250 prisoners of war and made beautiful graves for them, surrounded, created a cemetery with an arch and everything. And then the streets were filled with children singing, with people bringing roses and flowers. And they said by the time they finished, it just looked like a, a field of roses. And these 10,000 people, largely led by the African-Americans, Quote, uh, read the Psalms and uh, sang um, the, the Star Spangled Banner, something that has been outlawed now, more or less, saying, oh, it's, you know, glorifying war and this and that and something else. But the people who lived in the moment knew the truth and knew the realities of what had occurred. So they sang Star Spangled Banner in America. I I was not aware, but it's good to know that. And remember, put a stone there of what this day, for instance, is about and what, you know, what we have 
we have come to on this day. And, you know, in our succeeding generations, in the world wars and the various other things, it's just like what's happening to the reputation of law enforcement by, frankly, a dark and satanic mindset that was inspired. Our nation has been riven with the river of Marxism, and Marxism's number one premise is to absolutely abolish faith in God, the nuclear family, and to make sure that the state becomes the parent of the children. Those are completely wicked and godless, and many of the social justice movements taking over our nation today are founded by self-confessed Marxists. And so the church knows the truth. We are the ground and pillar of the truth, and we want to rise in this time. But I was talking with Ron um, after, the, after the watch, Ron Simmons, and he, he mentioned one of his memories uh, something that he had an opportunity to do, speaking of the veterans. And there was a, a group of African-American airmen called the Tuskegee um, Airmen. And Ron told me on Friday that he had an opportunity to meet one of those men. And they flew during World War II. A really, we have a couple of pictures there. But these men were real forerunners. And they, they included in their battle group, they included all of the African-American cooks, and other um, logistical personnel and all of that. But these guys, yeah, were, were something. And you had an opportunity to, to speak with one of these gentlemen. Yeah, about uh, 10 or 12 years ago, I was in Sumter, South Carolina, and um, I was doing my work at that point in a convenience store. And at the end of the counter was an African-American, very distinguished um, blue pants, red blazer, um, white shirt, red and white tie, you know, and a baseball hat. And as he came to throw his coffee cup away, I saw across the top Tuskegee Airmen. And it thrilled my soul to meet him. We talked for probably 20 minutes, and I... Um, ask him questions and all. One of the first things I asked him was, what kind of a plane did you fly? And he said, a P-51. P-51 Mustang was probably the ultimate uh, fighter plane in, in World War II. It was, um, it was the, the greatest. So uh, I don't want to put down anything in England, Richie, that uh, because it, they had the Spitfires, and they were awesome, too. But the P-51s were the top grade. And what, what really got me that whole time was conversing with him was like all the fruits of the Spirit were coming out of him. Love, joy, peace, patience, all those things, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness were just exuding from him, and it was like, um, it just it just got me, and uh, it was my stone, it was my stone. And I, as we, as we discussed uh, some of the things, one of the questions I asked him was, where were you stationed? And um, he said, in Italy, and I said, um, my uncle was a tail gunner on a B-17, in Italy, and uh, they would fly across the Alps and uh, bomb Nazi factories and all that stuff, trying to slow down the war effort. And he said, it's a very good possibility that I escorted your uncle across the Alps. Wow. Very good, because that's what they did. They were a fighter squadron. Now, you got to remember, this is in the 40s when segregation was major and the, the, the excellence of those fighter pilots was just renowned for protecting those bombers as they went, went across. Matter of fact, truth is they never 
ever lost a bomber to enemy fire. Never. Wow. Never. So it was like excellence. And so it was just a touching moment for me. And um, as we parted, my stone because I said you know to me it's just an honor to meet you and that you're a hero and he looked at me and he said I'm not a hero just doing what I was called to do and the boys that we lost are the heroes Wow! just got me yeah. Just got me. And so, um, you know, it's my stone. Amen. It's my stone. Amen. Pull out of the river. Because such character from him. And, um, you know, my challenge to you is, has God called you to be a fighter pilot? <laughs> is he really in this army? You know, in this time? And, uh, you know... I just think that, you know, what God has called us to be in, in this army and this day, um, we can take from the m memorial of the Tuskegee Airmen that fought for a country that was not free to them. Yeah. But they stepped up. God gave them the right things to do to have the gifts that they have like a P-51 and they did their job and they did it with excellence and I wonder if we could do the same amen. so amen 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 thank you Ron Pastor Mahesh Susan had a vision during worship that I think really fits with um, Ron's story here Susan Card you know our friend the artist and just share briefly Tech challenged. <laughs> um, the whole worship was leading into this place that I didn't expect of all when we were doing the songs about America. And specifically when we started to sing America the Beautiful, um, the sound of the gentleman's voice, Armand, and the guitar sound. Uh, it was going through my body, and a vision appeared. And I saw Jesus, and he, I knew he was from up above, but he was blowing kisses to America. As we were singing America, America, he was blowing kisses. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, and I'm, and I'm, and, and then it pulls up, and I see figures coming from a distance coming to join him. I figured it would be angels. But it wasn't, it was all the veterans, as far as you could see, waving, blowing kisses, blowing kisses, waving, celebrating America with Jesus. And then the last scene was, I was seeing pictures of the newest veterans in heaven. young people their photographs in memorial just going by like a slideshow and I felt like the Lord as you were saying Pastor Mahesh and Pastor Bonnie God's in this he's in all of this Jesus is in this and God bless America and I felt like there is a an honoring being released from heaven to all who have lost people for the sake of the freedom of America, for America the beautiful, and they're celebrating, and a healing and a comfort released to those who've just lost their family. And so this is for the family members. And so I just release a healing and a comfort but as you said honoring sets the soul and in honoring jesus and the veterans are honoring you 
So I just bless you with that. You'll see around town, and probably you already have, of people um, distributing the paper poppies. And this is another kind of way of remembering specifically those who have get paid the ultimate sacrifice for the liberties of our nation. But if you notice in these days, the persons who are remembering and encouraging the rest of the population to remember are older and older. You don't see so many young persons now with an active participation in some of the honorable memories of our nation. But the red poppy, which we have um, in two stations for you to take one, is a little visual reminder of what we celebrate today, of the veterans who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. And it was initiated primarily by church groups um, after World War I, and it came from the record of uh, Lieutenant Colonel John McRae, who was a physician who found himself in Flanders Field, one of the tremendous killing fields of the First World War. And there among the crosses were poppies growing everywhere. And so he wrote a little poem because the poppy is a flower that can lie dormant for years sometimes and then suddenly bloom again and cover the landscape. And so for him, the idea of remembering among those crosses of the buried dead veterans, the poppy became a symbol of remembrance, of honoring and thanksgiving. And so today and tomorrow, still in America, may God bless America and may we never forget. Amen. Amen. And uh, so I appreciate Susan and Ron, thank you for that awesome moment that you met the Tuskegee, one of the Tuskegee Airmen. What a privilege. And so we, we honor all of these who have gone before us and, and determine again here to the best of our ability May our children grow up in the knowledge of some of these amazing deeds done by Americans. And we don't want to forget the allies that were helping, the Canadians and the British and the Polish and the French and others who also honored and loved uh, freedom. Uh, among them, Bonnie and I had the privilege of going and have several times to Korea. And there are certain things that the press forgets to tell us. And so we get, sometimes we don't have the full impression we should have. Uh, and we sat one time with some Korean leaders and they said, some of you Americans don't understand that we Korean people for generations lived under the domination of either China or Japan. There were empires and we were a much smaller nation and always we would have to be subservient to one or the other and for generations we almost basically lived almost on the edge of famine. We barely had enough to eat. And that the Korean greeting, we say hello or good morning, their greeting was, have you had breakfast? It's, it's so, so clear to us. And then it says, I mean, some of us remember the Korean War. After the Second World War, was a few years later, the Korean War with Douglas MacArthur and the troops there. But we don't understand the full picture that the American soldiers and their battles there on the Korean war fields, it wasn't just some kind of useless war that America did. It, it impacted and changed the history of Korea. You, you may see 
uh, it's fascinating to see on Netflix, for example, in the present day, a lot of, I've seen that a lot of shows are from Korea. And they have a developed nation, sophisticated s structure. And it, they say, we want to say, tell you, it's because American soldiers came to Korea and set us free from every yoke so we could be our own people. And uh, we owe it all to the brave American soldiers who came and set us free. And I would say, in addition to that, that most, I mean, every, as you look back in history and even in the last hundred plus years, almost everywhere that Americans went and landed as soldiers, that as uh, General Colin Powell said, the only thing that American soldier asked for was a six-by-six six ground where that could be buried. Otherwise, we never took over any lands, but they only laid down their lives to set people free. So we want to remember that and appreciate Susan's uh, picture, vision of the Lord throwing kisses. That, that's, it's a picture that I believe not only every family, but let our kids know why this is happening, that it is wonderful, amazing men and women who uh, laid down their lives. The last sacrifice, what did the Lincoln say? The last full, full measure uh, that they gave. And Starting, Memorial Day started after the Civil War itself, and then it went on. And it was truly more than uh, 640,000 people laid down their lives just in the Civil War to set, to kick out slavery from, that was primary, and maybe other minor causes, but that, that was the major statement. And I'm glad that they succeeded. Um, so we remember, and as this Joshua 4 event tells us and emphasizes us, that it is God who commanded us to remember. And these memorial stones, part of something that will help demonstrate to us, never forget. And don't your kids forget. And I'm so glad that part of it, that we were involved in praying when we would get knowledge that there was a secret assignment that our son-in-law was flying, help lead. It was commanded a squadron of airplanes, Navy planes, and please pray for us. But we didn't ever knew the details where it was. But there was one of those key flights of squadrons that they had specially packaged, wrapped old glory. And it was such an honor for us some years ago to receive old glory, the, the U.S. flag that had flown on one of these missions. And uh, It's there by the stones. That's the one. That's one of the ones that's there. Okay. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. So, we honor all those, but, and, and, and last Friday, the, we took some time to honor, I mean, in these previous wars, and we named some of them, like from the Civil War on, to the First World War, to the Second World War, to the Korean War, to the Vietnam War, to these present, the, the after effects of 9-11, and uh, some that we knew some that we had even prayed for and dedicated to the Lord. Some who are presently serving in the armed forces who were, like our son-in-law was at the Naval Academy, but some of our uh, sons and daughters who grew up in this church have attended and graduated from the Air Force Academy or the uh, Naval Academy. And uh, 
of course, the army, what's it called, West Point. And uh, it is our honor that we have had some of them here watching and praying and being dedicated here. In that context, then I just wanted to read and say, as we in a little while take communion together, that it says in Philippians chapter 2, in verse 8 onwards, it says, And being found in appearance as a man, he, capital he, H, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him, capital H, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And so as we honor Jesus Christ, and so this morning we want to kind of climax, at a, the climax point to this Memorial Day weekend by honoring and saluting the ultimate hero, and the ultimate soldier. His name is Jehovah Sabbath, the captain of the armies of the living God. The Lord of hosts is his name. And he appears in many, many scriptures throughout the Bible. So we honor, above all, this Memorial Day weekend, Jesus, the greatest soldier, who laid down his life and gave for the ultimate cause for all of us, that you and I, I'm planning to see you in heaven one day. And please take a moment to greet me. <laughs> because I'm looking forward to greeting some who have gone on before us. Who just honored the name of the Lord. And some I've never met who exalted the Lord. Uh, but just so many who have lived give their lives. It says again in uh, Matthew 27 verse 27 onwards then it says then the soldiers the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him when they had twisted a crown of thorns they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. When they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. And it says to us in, in Galatians chapter 3 then, Cursed is he who hangs on a cross on the cross and Jesus himself of course hung on the cross and became the ultimate sacrifice and therefore God highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name that the, the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is the Lord therefore because of that, then, it says, the blessings of Abraham comes upon all of us because of the ultimate hero and great, the greatest soldier. And therefore, it says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you and your children. So you can depend on this as the Word of God. Say the Word of God. So these are your promises because of the sacrifice of the supreme soldier himself. And because you obey the voice of the Lord, blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. 
the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall you be, be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be where, when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and be, flee before you seven ways. And these are some of the blessings we can continue, can read on as part of the blessings from the supreme soldier who wanted to do this for you. He didn't do it reluctantly. He willingly laid down for you, say for me. So you get eternal life. You get awesome eternal rewards in heaven. You're going to see all your family members who have gone on before you and the one coming after you because of Jesus Christ, that he's made you the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. And that the disciples were a motley crew, just like in our midst, there are all kinds of people. There were tax collectors and fishermen and zealots and even prostitutes who made gave a company of people who Jesus accepted. And today we want to say Jesus accepts us, commissions us to have a place in his end time army. There is a destiny for us that we are from these examples get inspired. I appreciate Ron talking about the Tuskegee Airmen and wearing that cap. And there is something, there's an air of pride of what they achieved but they lied. they were willing to lay down their lives uh, for others and remember therefore it gives you a sense of identity I pray all of this going on defines who you are so we carry ourselves with honor and uh, Above all, remember Jesus and remember that we are to serving him and that he has been given the name which is above every name. And uh, from the first Memorial Day, by the way, that was, this is May 30th today. The first memorial was May 30th, 1868. And... Uh, just like all these others, we too have been called to be good soldiers. And Paul told that to Timothy, to be a good soldier, to learn to persevere, to learn, put on the full armor of God. And First Timothy chapter 6 says, fight the good fight of faith inspired by all these who have gone before us. And the verb fight in Greek in the New Testament is present tense. I command you, Timothy, to keep on fighting no matter what because a fighter does not give up. So it's a command, not a suggestion. And one of the other things that Paul commissioned for Timothy to be faithful. A good soldier does not give up. He is faithful and he honors his comrades with him. And so we honor all those others who are serving the Lord. And then, of course, many who paid the ultimate sacrifice. And Ephesians tells us, as soldiers of past, you know, that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. So a lot of these ones who we honor fought human strongholds. We, bite, we a battle and we have a battle 
ongoing with spiritual and our battle is not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers it's a spiritual enemy and when the enemy roars we have learned from the examples of the brave ones of the past we don't run and the apostle tells us in second corinthians chapter 2 we are not ignorant of his devices so in this hour then the memorial day teaches us to keep our faith strong and have a sense of camaraderie and therefore we will not let powers of darkness keep us separate but get to know each other as we were talking here the initial time people were coming in and there was someone who had opened the door and when they saw the greeted they just hugged each other like they'd never seen each other i mean it was that's the sense that we developed as we are committed we are soldiers but it's not we learn to serve with others that all these so just like the Tuskegee airmen for example there were there were a bunch of them got together and there were among them guys who learned how to repair airplanes and how to repair engines and i mean they had different jobs and yet they had a common aim aim was to defeat the enemy and get the victory uh so that's why we want once again it says you know and forsake not the gathering of yourselves it tells the army of the living god in this hour we do not forsake the gathering together that we are as god's army we come together and here is where we get to know each other and that is we develop closeness we learn to watch each other's back learn to wield weapons in this hour weapons of warfare that god tells us that he has given us and get commissioned and get committed as good soldiers and great followers of our leader Jesus Christ of Nazareth so we are above all followers of Jesus and he is our commander in chief so as we honor our soldiers our armed forces the memorial day we honor above all our commander in chief to be committed soldiers of the army of the living god and if we have from time to time there are some who have temporarily gone awol <laughs> and in god's army jesus arms are always wide open and you can always come return say lord i'm so sorry i got a drifted away but i'm back and i'm fully committed to serve the living god in his awesome army we hope you enjoyed this message to order more great resources by mahesh and bonnie chavda visit us at chavdaministries.org for a full catalog of our products you can call us at 1-800-730-6264 god bless you